0: The following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Luke verse 9. Trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men of the temple praying, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus for himself God, I thank you that I am what as other men are, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice the week and give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. From this passage of scripture, I'd like to preach on the subject this morning, an important spiritual contrast, an important spiritual contrast. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, he as come before you this morning. Father, thank you that by the grace of God we can be on the Lord's side. Father, thank you for the songs we sang today, Father, songs that... Sought to lift thee up and draw us closer to thee. And Father, thank you for this passage of scripture this morning, Father, that would cause us to consider an important spiritual contrast. And Father, there's a great need of those who come here today to hear thy word. I pray, God, that you'd help all of us, including me as a preacher, open our hearts for thy word. And Father, let you accomplish what only you can accomplish in each and every heart. I pray, Father, that thy will be done and thy name be glorified. I pray in Jesus' name. And again, an important spiritual contract. uh, contract. Now here in our text, we see the Lord Jesus Christ using a parable to reveal, as it says here in the text, uh, under certain which trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. We know he seems to be directing this particular parable toward the Pharisees to get their attention. And he's trying to show them the contrast between, if you will, the self-righteous Pharisee and the unrighteous publican. So as we consider this subject this morning, the first thing we want to consider as we look in uh, verse 10 of mine, this is says, Two men went into the temple to pray. They went to the house of God whom the Lord Jesus Christ said should have been the house of prayer. Was the temple of the Lord there in Jerusalem? <clears throat> And uh, the, the, both of them went there, if you will, to pray. We want to consider, first of all, those two men that uh, went into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. We want to uh, first deal with the self righteous Pharisee, the self righteous Pharisee. If you will, He's, <clears throat> he says here in uh, verse 9, he spake this parable Certain circles, trusted themselves, they were righteous and despised others. Two men went into the temple to pray, and the one a Pharisee and the other a publican the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as other men are, uh, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this public. I fast twice and I think I give tithes of all that I possess. So, so we're considering the contrast between the two. The first one we consider is the self-righteous Pharisee. And first of all, uh, that among the Pharisees, hes not just speaking of one, but among the Pharisees, now stop and think about this with me for a moment. The Pharisees among the Jewish nation, among the Jewish religion, were the conservative wing of the Jewish faith, if you will. So he's not talking about liberals; He's talking about, if you will, conservatives. But they had a problem that sometimes comes in the area of religion. They had a great conceit of themselves. They had a great conceit of themselves. The word conceit means favorable or self-flattering opinion. A lofty or vain conception of one's own person or accomplishments. They thought a lot about themselves. And the Bible says, we see it in verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed uh, thus with himself God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Wow. I mean, the power of these words shows us, if you will, the spirit of conceit. That not only is, is spoken of, of this particular Pharisee, it's not one named, if you will, but it's speaking of the Pharisees in general. They have this spirit of conceit. If you look with me to uh, <clears throat> Proverbs 26, Proverbs chapter 26, and verse 12. Proverbs 26 and 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. These men were wise, they were conceited, they imagined some things about themselves that were not true. It's amazing sometimes how how conceited human beings can be. Sometimes people imagine that they're just so beautiful, and or that they're just so wise, that... And that they're just maybe so talented. Now, it's not to say that there aren't talented people, beautiful people, but I think for on the whole, most of us are fairly average people. I don't think of myself as one of the beautiful people. And you say, Amen, preacher, you no, amen. <laughs> I'm not one of the, the most talented people in the world. Amen. I mean the list could go on. But the reality is, is that some of us imagine, some people imagine certain things about themselves, and these Pharisees were of that kind of uh, spirit. And attitude, James Dobson once said, <clears throat> "Conceit is a weird disease. It makes everybody sick, except the guy who has it. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> well, this is pretty good, and I didn't say it. Until. Or like the mother whale told her baby, when you get to the surface and start to blow, that's when you get harpooned. Did you get the button, and you say it again slowly? Okay, maybe, you know, the fact is, is you're know, you get to the surface, you get to blow. You now, some consider people are people are blow amen? You got know, the one that comes to the surface that blows the hardest is going to be the target of the heart. Did we get that? <laughs> amen, wow. I'm sorry about that, if you will. Look at me to 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. 2 Corinthians, 10. and don't ask me to draw a picture because I can't do that. <laughs> Matter of fact, when I play games with my wife and we have to uh, draw pictures, you know what I am? Mr. Stickman. And when we used to play Pictionary, all I would have to do is throw a couple of lines on the paper, and she'd get it just like that. I couldn't draw for nothing. But when she'd draw things, I'm like, what? All she had to do was read my limited mind and be able to get what it wasn't about talent. And if you will, 2 Corinthians 10 and 10 verse 12, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, the new Bible says, Paul writing the church at Corinth, and the church at Corinth was having a problem with spiritual pride and some other things, he says here, for we dare not make ourselves of a number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. Are not What does it sound like? It sounds like there's some conceit going on among these Corinthian believers. As a matter of fact, at one point, one would say, well, I'm a Paul, and I'm a uh, Cephas, I'm a Christ, and on and on on it goes. Dropping names and trying to appear, uh, if you will, more special in some way or other than other folk. A fellow named William Barclay said this, no one likes a skunk because it puts on such awful Are we with you this morning? <laughs> Heirs? You know, people who are conceited put on airs of. You know, <laughs> wow, what, a, what, a, what an audience this morning, man. You know? I'm going to crawl out of here. You know? <clears throat> he said also self admiration is so demanding that little is left over for others. <clears throat> to admire ourselves as we are, is to have no wish to change. And with those who don't want to change, the soul is dead. You no, know, that's the problem, in one sense, with the religious Pharisees of Christ's day. <clears throat> Many of them were pretty satisfied with what they are. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. I mean, I'm a cut above the rest. I'm not like this public, and you know, let me say this. Beware of com- uh, comparing yourself with other people because you're always going to find somebody that isn't as good as you are. Amen. We all have a tendency toward that. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you will, in Luke 18 this morning, Luke 18. <clears throat> as you can tell, I was, <clears throat> was never called to be a comedian. I'm going to start to death in my head. <clears throat> Luke 18, if you will, let's look at verse 11. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with themselves, God, I thank you that I am not as other men of heart. I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. No, he was right to imagine maybe that he wasn't guilty of being an extortioner. He wasn't guilty of being unjust in his dealings with other people. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't an adulterer, but what he had forgotten, and what often we forget, even as religious people, that we're still sinners, even if we're saved by grace. Ecclesiastes seven and twenty. Ecclesiastes seven and twenty. Oftentimes, religion causes folks to get puffed up about themselves. You need to be careful. Of that. You know, I'm thankful to be a Baptist, I'm thankful to be a Christian, I'm thankful to be a Bible-believing Christian. But folks, I am what I am, as Paul wrote, by the grace of God, amen? Not because of how smart I am or who I think I am. Ecclesiastes 7 and 20, the Bible says, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good, and said it not. The best of the best are what? Sins. The best of the best in this world are still sinners in need of a Savior. Isaiah 64, look with me there. Isaiah 64 and verse 6. Here the Bible says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses Are as filthy rags, and we do all things a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Now, the Lord is speaking to Isaiah the prophet to Israel about their lives, about their sin. But he says, All of our righteousnesses, you know, the very best that any man can do. If we're trying to hold it up to a righteous and a holy God, we'll find that it is unacceptable. It is as if it were a filthy rag, or if you will, the leprous rags, the rags that lepers would wrap around their putrid, pussy sores. Now that's how God views our very best. Amen. And yet, many in the religious world will hold up their best hoping. To make themselves acceptable to God, hoping that they'll be righteous enough for God to receive them. <coughs> Romans chapter 3. <coughs> Romans chapter 3. Let's begin in verse 9. <coughs> what then? Are we better than they? No and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles. You know, the Jews were quick to look at the Gentiles and imagine that God really didn't want anything to do with them. And yet God called Israel into existence as a nation of Israel to show all the world that there is a God. All the world that there is a God. Even the world of the Gentile people. You know, God intended for even the Jews to be evangelistic, trying to reach them with a message of the Christ to come. Amen. Yet they lost Christ in the mix. <clears throat> As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth; There is none that seek it after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together to become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Okay, what part of none can we leave out? Nobody's righteous. Nobody's good. All men, as the Bible says in verse 23, for all, what is comprehended in the word all? Everybody. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet among the religious Pharisees, and folks, <clears throat> there are even those among our religious world today who do not, they're, they're imagining that, you know what, I'm not really that bad. And I'm doing my religion. I'm faithful in it. And surely God is impressed with me. Is he? If God were impressed with religion, then Christ died for nothing. And yet we know that Christ did not die for nothing. He died for sinful man. Secondly, if you will, look back to our text of Luke 18. Luke 18, <clears throat> they had great conceit of themselves. Secondly, they had a great confidence in themselves. They had a great confidence in themselves. <clears throat> Verse 11, the Pharisees stood and prayed thus for themselves, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortions, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. You know, it's on the one hand, he is saying, I'm not like this publican. And I am faithful in my religion. He said, I'm faithful <coughs> in uh, my fastings and in my tithe. the it was a commonplace thing among the Pharisees that twice a week they would fast. They would fast on Mondays and they would fast on Thursdays. And often in the midst of their fast, they would try to draw attention uh, to themselves. You know, folks, <coughs> they had great confidence that they, if they were faithful, and many of them, let me, let me say this. Many of them were very faithful in their religion. Very faithful in their religion, but they did not receive Christ when he came into this world. They rejected him. The Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. He's speaking of the Jews' people. Matthew chapter 6, look with me there in Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Let's begin, if you will, in verse 5. Matthew 6 and verse 5. And when thou prayest, and I think the Lord had some folks in mind when he spoke these words, he says here And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But when but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like, that for your father knoweth what things ye have been of before ye ask me. You no, know, Christ is addressing, if you will, the hypocrisy of the public prayer among the, the Pharisees. They loved to stand on the street corners and pray out loud to God, drawing attention to themselves because they were full of conceit and full of confidence that surely God would hear their prayers. Amen? Did he? Here Christ is giving instruction concerning the hypocrisy of that kind of behavior. He's, he's not recommending that if you're going to be a Christian, you have to find a closet to climb into uh, to avoid praying in public. No. But what he's saying, let's not be ostentatious. Let's not be conceited. Let's not uh, be so proud to think that, you know, here I am, God. Hear me. You know, I thank God that God hears any of our prayers. Amen. And he does because of the goodness and grace and mercy of Almighty God. I thank God for that. You know, folks, that anyone, can be heard. Look at me in Matthew 6 and 18. Matthew 6 and 18. Your <clears throat> Christ, deals specifically with a matter of fasting. Moreover, when you fast, be not as a hypocrite, so a sad countless with for his disfigure of faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. <clears throat> Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, wash thy face, and thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father's is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee open. He's talking again about the motivation for what we do. Fasting itself is a good thing physically, and it's a time spiritually when we set aside special time when we would probably be eating. How many of you like to eat? Amen. I'm there. Sometimes on the weekend, I feel like, what am I doing? You eat it, eating it, eating eating. Preacher, is that why you're a little heavy? Well, it could be. Uh, We like to eat. It's another thing, folks, when we're willing, when we're willing to spend some extra time denying ourselves food and spending that time specially and devoting it to prayer to God over something very important. You know, folks, God's paying attention to what's going on. God knows what we're doing and why we're doing it. It is important not just what we do, but why we do it. God knows the heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And God will judge us one day, not just on what we do, but why we do it. The Pharisees were hypocrites because it was all about making a show. Walking around somebody come up to him and say, oh you're yeah, not fasting. What's that? It's Like saying, I'm on a diet? Some of us feel like we're going to die. If we're on a diet. God isn't impressed. God isn't impressed. We're going to do something for God. The Bible says, let not thy right hand, not with thy left hand, do it. What's he talking about? He just says, let's not let anybody else know what's going on. Let's do it for God's sake, for Christ's sake, Amen. for His honor and His glory. In Matthew twenty-three, Matthew twenty-three this morning. <clears throat> Let's begin at verse thirteen. It's not wrong to pray in public. You know, sometimes we have to pray in public with worship. It's not it's wrong to fast, okay? And if you happen to look really hungry, well, maybe you're having the trouble not. I don't know, but it's not wrong to fast. And you know, it's, look, sometimes as we learn to fast, it's not hard. It's it's hard not to feel hungry, and then you look a little better. You know, so we're not talking about fasting for that reason. We're talking about for the right reason. Matthew 23 and 13. But one of you as Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, let's understand who's talking. Christ is God in the flesh, and only God can really know the hypocrite for who and what. You know, some people say, well, I'd go to that church over there, but it's got a lot of hypocrites. I don't know a church around that doesn't have a hypocrite to it. Amen. You know what? There are probably some hypocrites here today. How do you know? I don't know. But God knows. Christ, God in the flesh, is identifying the hypocrisy of the Pharisees because he alone knows the heart. Amen? Let's be careful of you and I judging men to be hypocrites. Amen? Now, people sometimes give themselves away in their behavior, but most of us have to be careful. You know, we judge according to their parents. Jesus said, judge not according to their parents, but judge righteous judgment. In Matthew 23 and 13, but all of you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Well, when scribes, you describes Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Well, when scribes, you ascribe Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye come to sea and land <clears throat> to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more of a child of hell than yourselves. Wow, that's strong language. He's telling them that, you know, you're going out of your way even in a very uh, uh, <clears throat> straightforward, a zealous manner to win people to Judaism and with the hope of winning them to heaven. And he said, you're going to hell, and you're making them 2 more of a child of hell than yourselves. You know, it's sad that there are professing Christians who are zeal you know, There are some professing Christians who are zealous soldiers who are not saved themselves. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Now Jesus is talking to the Jews who were to be evangelistic with what was in their day when God gave it to them, the one true faith of God, a faith of Christ, and pointed men to the Christ to come. Unfortunately, when Christ did come, the Jews' religion had deteriorated to nothing more than rule keeping and law keeping. They were just going through the motions. They lost Christ, they couldn't see him for what he is. And Christ rebuked them for their hypocrisy. He said, You know, you're going out of your way. To make them children of heaven and are not one yourself. Great confidence in their own righteousness before the Lord. Look at Matthew 5 and 20. Matthew 5 and 20. <coughs> Here again, Jesus said, For I say unto you <coughs> that accept your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what a mouthful. On the one hand, he seemed to be commending their righteousness. Christ understood how zealous they were to establish their own righteousness that they believed would get them to heaven. But it wouldn't. But Jesus said, except your righteousness exceed that, what righteousness could exceed a very zealous religious person's righteousness? The righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's real and true righteousness. Remember Isaiah 64 six. our righteousness, the very best that we can do religiously is like a filthy rag to a holy if you will, Romans, excuse me, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. In one sense it's like saying the best Baptist, uh, Baptist preacher can do is not be enough to get into heaven. Because it's folks, our hope, our confidence needs to be in our Lord Jesus Christ. in Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, who was a converted Pharisee, gave personal testimony concerning his righteousness. He says in verse 3, for we are the circumcision, speaking of the Jews, if you will, which worship God in the spirit. He's talking about himself as being a Jew, but now he has been converted. Which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now he's going to tell us what confidence he used to have in the flesh. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust the flesh, I more. He's going to tell us about what it was to be a Pharisee. And where his trust had been. Circumcised, verse 5, the eighth name of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. I mean, folks, what a pedigree. What a religious beginning. Of the, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, of Hebrew, of the Hebrew, as touching the law, the law, moral law of God, and the ceremonial law of God. He was blameless. I mean, he was quite the character, religiously. And he believed he was doing God's service when he persecuted Christ and Christian people. You know, there are many religious people around this world that are even persecuting Christians thinking that they're doing the right thing. Many people are zealous for their religion. Will that make them acceptable before a holy God? No. Not even the best of the Baptists. Amen. What does he say? 10 verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless that I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is the God of God by faith. What does he talk about counting all things but all of his religious zeal and righteous efforts as a Jew, he said, you know what? It is worth nothing to God or to me. You know, when, when uh, the Lord Jesus Christ stopped the Apostle Paul in the Saul of Tarsus, the great persecutor of Christ's church, stopped him on the road to Damascus, in Acts chapter 9, he said, it is hard for thee to kick against the prince Paul was doing like all Jews were doing, trying to establish their own righteousness without faith in Christ's righteousness. But when when Christ came to me, he realized, God, all I've been doing religiously, all of my energy, all of my zeal has been misplaced. But thanks be to God that God was a merciful God. God saved him by his grace. At that instant, he said, Lord, what will thou have me do? God saved him without his works. God did. He said, you know what? I don't care about your works. And, and, and you know what? Saul of Tarsus said, I don't care about anything. What things were gained in me, those I kind of lost for Christ. You know, folks, we're not going to come to God and say, you know what? I've been the best Baptist that could ever be. And then press Having confidence in a Baptist church or a Baptist preacher is misplaced. Our confidence needs to be, our faith needs to be in Christ. Romans 10, 1. Romans 10, 1. And let me say this, I don't care what religion you are of here today. Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, on and on the others. That's not going to sway God in any way, to shape, or form. You may be, you may have confidence in it, but your confidence is misplaced. Paul writes in Romans ten and one, and "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved." Why? Better than praying that they have the zeal of, of God, but not according to knowledge, for they being be ignorant of God's righteousness. What is God's righteousness? Our Lord Jesus Christ, crucified. Buried and risen again. That's the righteousness of Christ. Will they be ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God? For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believeth. You know what, folks? You know what the moral law that God gave to Israel was for and to all men? It is to show us we need a Savior. And then you know what the the religion of the Jews was to do? To point them to the Christ who would come and shed his precious blood as the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. That men would put their faith and confidence in the Christ to come. But unfortunately, when Christ came, their faith was in their religion and not in Christ. The end of the law, whether it be moral or ceremonial, was to point men to Christ as the one and only Savior. Verse eight. But what saith that the word is nigh and even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, not worketh unto righteousness, but believeth. Under righteousness, and so when the mouth confession is made of salvation, for the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me ask you this question this morning: Are you saved? Well, I think I'm saved. I, I mean, I've been I've been a Baptist since that time I was knee-high to a brass I've been doing all the things. But I was told, and that's not what I asked you. Are you saved by the grace of God? When did God show you through His Word that you were like all men, unrighteous? And if you're going to make your way to a place of heaven, called heaven, which where, where dwells nothing but righteousness, you're going to have to have a righteousness that exceeds the most religious Pharisee who's ever lived. And that righteousness of Jesus Christ Amen. crucified, buried, Amen. and risen again. Amen. 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 You're going to have to repent turn from what you're trusting here and turn and trust Christ and Christ alone to, to save you by his grace. Amen. Amen. Lastly, if you will, back with me to Luke 18. Luke 18. Now this is just the last point of the verse. <clears throat> at two hours tomorrow, Luke 18. If you will, I look at verse 11. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself: God, I thank you that I am not as Extortioners are just. adulterers are against this public. And the last thing is that they had a great contempt for others. You know, it was sad for all of their religion. For all of their religion. They had absolutely no compassion for those who needed the Lord. And you know, time and time again as you go through the, new, the Gospels of the New Testament, you see Christ dealing with people, particularly the religious leadership among the Jews, time and time again they found fault with him when he was healing someone on the Sabbath day. What kind of nonsense is They would take their animals out to water and feed them, but when a a person, a human being, who was under great duress because of some physical ailment, Christ came and healed them. All they could do was complain and find fault with Him. They held Christ and what He did in contempt, and those that followed Him in the same manner. Luke five, Luke five, and twenty-seven. After these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said to me, Follow me. Now, you know who that publican's name is? It's Matthew chapter 9. I think it's verse 9. It's Matthew, whose name was Levi. This is the publican that Jesus is willing to go and eat with. He left all, rose up, followed him. And Levi, Matthew, made him a Feast was public and made him a feast in his own house. Matthew the Levite, the publican, was already saved by the grace of God. God called him to into the ministry. He began to follow. He left all and was following the Lord. Had Jesus Christ in his house <clears throat> as a guest. There was a great company in this house of publicans and others that sat down with him. But, it, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that behold me, not physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, these self righteous, religious hypocrites could only find fault with Jesus who wanted, the Bible says, we see a song, Christ received this sin. Sin. Now Christ came into the world to save sinners, also Who my children. Have we lost sight of what Christ came you know? And when Christ went into this world, he, he rubbed shoulders with, with publicans and sinners. He ate with them, trying to draw them to himself, trying to help them to receive him, trying to help them to be saved by the grace of Almighty God. And yet there are many in the religious realm who won't bother to cross the street to say hello or shake the hand of some sinner. Publicans, harlots, all kinds of people flock to Christ as sinners and made say He didn't reject them, but many religious people didn't. I didn't. reject something. God is against all these things that, that, that this publican Are those Pharisees talking about extortion, unjust behavior, adultery, and all kinds of things? God hates sin, but He loves the sinner and wants to save them by His grace. What a contempt they have. Luke, excuse me, John 9. John 9. Look at verse 13. I love this entire chapter because the Lord Jesus Christ heals a man that's born blind. I'm not right going to read the whole chapter. But beginning in verse 13, this man who was healed from being born blind encounters the religious leadership. And they brought him to the Pharisees that was a four-time blind. That a four-time was blind. And It was the Sabbath day when Jesus had made the clay and opened his eyes. See, already there's a strike against this guy. He got healed on the Sabbath day. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received the sight, and he said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I washed the sea. Therefore, some of I said some of the Pharisees, This man uh, is not of God. <laughs> Watch this. This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. That's huge. That's almost as big as uh, not washing your hands before you eat bread. Cares that a guy who was born blind is healed? Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a an division among them. And they said to the blind man again, What well, sayest thou of him that hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born blind and received the sight until they called the parents of him that received the sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son who you say? Was born blind, how then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, "We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. By what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes? We know not. He is of age; ask him, for he, he shall speak for himself." These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, and the Jews had agreed already that if any man had confess Christ he was, uh, that, that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said he of age asked him. Then again, called a man that was blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And the answer, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. You know, folks, they, they held him in such great contempt. They held Christ in contempt, but they were among the religious. And sometimes, so many religious leaders and so many religious people today, folks, you know what? They're trying to make Christ something less, somewhat less than God in the flesh. And Jesus Christ is God in the flesh; He's the Word that made, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten the Father, full of grace and truth. They didn't want to receive Him; as like they despised Him, held Him in great. And lastly, secondly, Luke 18, Luke 18, just think of this as a double feature. Luke 18, Look at verses 13 to 14, in the public, and we we're going talk about the not public. In the public, in standing afar off, will not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smoke upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house first <coughs> of For everyone exalted themselves shall be abased, and he that holds himself shall be exalted. No. Pride born before destruction, and the Holy Spirit before fall. How many religious people, zealous religious people, have died and gone to hell, trusting in their own righteousness? And they've missed heaven because they've were, they were not received. Let me ask you a question this morning. When was the time God showed you from his word that you were a sinner and convinced you of it? And convinced you that the answer for your sin is in in a merciful God who sent his son to the cross of Calvary to die for yours and mine, And to put your faith and trust. You know, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the day of salvation. We're talking about... The sinner's prayer for salvation—the one that that humbly comes before God and says, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." Psalm eighty-six, Psalm eighty-six and fourteen. Bible says, "Oh God, the proud are risen against me." And the assemblers of violent men have sought after my soul, but have not set me before them. But thou, O oh Lord, art a God, full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, plenteous of mercy and truth. O oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give me thy, give up thy strength unto thy servant. Save the son of thy handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate thee may see it and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast opened thee. God is a God full of compassion. And And folks, when a sinner cries out to God in faith, putting his faith and trust in Christ, and cries out for mercy, be sure of this, he will receive. He will receive. If you will, Psalm 130. Psalm 130. Who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait waiting for the Lord more, uh, my soul hath wait in His word in my heart. you know what? <coughs> all of us one day, if we're not saved by right, grace, will stand before God and sin. But God is not willing really that any should perish, but that all should perish. You know, folks, God loves you. He wants to save you. And you know He's waiting to have mercy on you. Now, you know, he wanted to have mercy. And he did have mercy on some Pharisees that were finally willing to acknowledge that they were wrong. And that their hope was only in Christ. Luke 23. Time both of them were mocking and cursing Christ. The one it says in verse 39, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou in the same condemnation, we need justly? For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man done nothing. You know what this man's doing? At one time he mocked Christ, he cursed Christ, and then as he hung next to it, as he hung next to God in the flesh. He realized, you know what? I deserve what I'm getting. And he looked to Christ and didn't say, if thou be the Christ, get save thyself and us. No, he said, you know what, I deserve what I'm getting. I deserve it. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom. And he said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know, folks, his cry was a cry of mercy. And the Bible doesn't tell us everything he did, but Christ knew what he did. And now listen, he knew what he wanted. He wanted to be saved. He wanted Christ. And you know what? He received it. Christ didn't get him off the cross until he died. And he went home to be with What an important contrast. The religious, the self righteous religious person versus the unrighteous sinner. You know what you and I are? Unrighteous sinners. Christ did everything to make us righteous. The Bible says he became sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. We can't work our way. We can't make ourselves. We can trust Christ, and God will make us righteous. Amen. Let's pray. Right. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at Dickinson dot com